Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Chaluminati Podcast, episode 68. I, of course, am one of your hosts, Mike Martin, joined by my two buddies and co-hosts, Alex Bassiani <laughs> and Jesse Cox. Yo. Boys. Yo-ho. It's been a while. How you been? Good. How is how's everything going in, in the world right now? Oh, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to. The world is hell. Gotta say, uh, things are going great. <laughs> yeah, things are excellent good good all, all right cool positivity happening here super cool. i missed you i hope you've all been well well actually jesse i got to hang out with you like a couple days ago so <laughs> yeah you I know i'm you. all right i'm all yeah, right you're, baby you're fine you were sleeping with your son's wife so it's fine whoa whoa <laughs> i was playing was mario text. sunshine what were you doing <laughs> we were playing crusader kings so i was playing crusader kings 3 and I got it was really it's really funny my I got a, uh, a like a letter from my son and the letter was like dear father I know you matched me with my wife but we are ever so much in love I love her she loves me nothing will tear us apart and then like a year later in game time I got a message from the wife that was like my lord come <laughs> spend a night with me and I was like what and then, I, and then she kept trying to seduce me and I was like all right. <laughs> they just don't give a fuck in Crusader Kings. No, they they will if the secret gets out. Crusade, uh, yeah, they'll have like something against you. But Crusader King, the crazy thing is, I played a game once where my children were in like a relationship together, and I was like, "What?" And they were like, yeah. "It is our way, father." And I was like, oh, "All right, okay. If it's well, if it's our way, it was crazy. <laughs> Things happen in that game where you're just yeah. like." Oh, all right. Okay, then. <laughs> I bet you Mathis kills people all the time. Well, he does. it got he so does. bad. It <laughs> got so bad that it was basically all inbreeding up north at that at some point. As, all cousins. As, it, as it happens. As it know, happens. Like as it, it does. happens. Yeah. Well, speaking of inbreeding, hey, welcome to the what? Illuminati podcast. Whoa, what? That's, I'm practicing my segues, guys. We I need to just are get... brothers who are in love with each other. Ne- That's what? the secret of the show. What's up? <laughs> what yep. the? I did not agree to any of this. <laughs> Uh, I'm excited for today's episode because we are delving back into the land of the cryptids, boys. We uh, we knocked out one major cryptid a while ago in the Mothman. That was kind of our big landmark classic cryptid. I fucking today, love cryptids. I do, too. They're, They're so simultaneously fun. so stupid and so awesome. <laughs> and today, while we've the covered jackalope. a <laughs> weirdly kind of close in some regard but not not quite no um, right. while we've done episodes of like vast coverage of a bunch of different ones today we're revisiting yet another classic today is all about the chupacabra unreal all right great yes. i'm excited i'm excited <laughs> yes. i am so finally pumped. wait we've gone through 68 episodes and not done the chupacabra once two and a half Why? years the only sin is that it's not episode 69 <laughs> oh, oh what a missed opportunity i up. apologize well this was supposed to be episode 67 but hey yeah. you know we, we take what we can get um episode 69 episode. needs to be like energy vampires or something something that yeah. sounds like something alex or needs like, to do then or like alex, alien abductions for episode, like sexual purposes episode, episode 69 energy feels like uh alex i have to energy. find the 69 energy all right <laughs> you've got to find the 69 <laughs> Energy, Alex. Okay. It's not, it's, <laughs> you got it. It's not an ask, energy you find. Ask and you shall receive. You this know what else is has kind of some 69 energy? Foreshadowing. Our the, Patreon, Alex. That's right. And oh just want a 69 oh, with no. our creative uh, content. Please head over to <laughs> patreon.com slash Chiluminati pod where you can become part of our Chiluminati patron group. 
where you can get all kinds of good free stuff like access to our Discord and also episodes with a little bit extra on the backside. You know what I mean? A little bit extra in the back end. You know what I mean? When you're done, you you wish, you know, hey, I wish that I had just, just I don't want a full another episode, just just a quickie, you know, just a beep. And and it's there and you get to listen to all of the ones that have ever happened, even even ones that aren't even uploaded yet, you know, and it's a it's a wonderful website. And that's that's it. And you know what? I wish I could. This was a video podcast because if it was, I'd show you the sick art that people are getting, which, you know, I don't mind chilling because it's actually that tight. Uh, what's that? What is the actual official uh, like name of the piece? Uh, for this one is just called Skinwalker Ranch. It's by Electro Studio. She's awesome. She did uh the fir- the first and the second one, and uh, will be a reoccurring uh, artist there's, for, for the Patreon. They're so much sicker than you think they are. I bet. Like yeah, as somebody who hasn't like if you're if you're out there and you're listening to this and you haven't seen them, I bet you they're sicker than you think they are. How about that? A, if I, that I you know that's a shill I've ever heard one. Patreon.com slash Illuminati Pod. Yeah, patreon.com slash But Can you believe last last episode with Owen Dodger? Uh people said they missed you shilling? The mysterious Dodger? Yeah, well, yeah, the mysterious Dodger. That's nobody my knows. favorite thing to come from that episode. <laughs> Variety.com's mysterious Dodger. Oh, mysterious. <laughs> the mysterious Dodger. <laughs> All right. Which, by the way, I just want to point out, I realized afterwards we never actually truly introduced her. Usually on shows yeah, like this, they sit there like, like hey, here's our friend. Yeah, on shows like this, usually they're like, and her bona fides are the reason why she can talk on this is, and the secret is, there's no real she reason. Did. We just wanted to have her on. Yeah, so. she doesn't she's have friend. any credentials. She's our friend, but also her reputation sort of precedes herself. You know what right. I mean? She's yes. mysterious. She's like, in my mind, she's much more well known than I am. And so I don't That's bother same here. Yeah, I, I don't bother introducing not- her. Yeah. It's not the same anymore. It's well, a very different audience. if anything matters, just know it was a gnome telling us about gnomes. And that's <laughs> really correct. Yeah. It's, it's and really what it is. Jesse Cox on that. And today, <laughs> I am a chupacabra telling you about chupacabras. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> so at the top, as always, a big thank you to our uh, researcher, uh, Deanna. She killed it, as always, with the research for the Chupacabra. Also, the main source we're using for this is a book written by Benjamin Radford called Tracking the Chupacabra, the Vampire Beast in Fact, Fiction, and Folklore. Uh, ben has is, is got a storied history in investigating and writing about all kinds of fun things, including the big scary clown thing that happened back in 2016. Do you remember that? Yes. With, like, spooky that was clowns my favorite. On the street. I miss, I'm nostalgic for that. Yeah, I'm nostalgic uh, uh, for it. It was yeah, pre, I, you know, me too. <laughs> it was pre-election. You know what I mean? It was the last good thing that happened was the big scary clown thing. That's is that is that right? Is that real? It was like September 2016 or something oh, like that. Man, it was just the, up to the uh, just as an omen of the end times. It, dude, they were they were trying to tell us what was going to happen. Uh, All right. I uh, side side note. I hope that Chupacabra the Vampire Beast is the next movie that everybody tweets at us about when it gets announced. Oh, After God, we do an episode wait. on this. Just yeah. Uh I was that was a fun six months of La Yorona tweets. That was a good time. Have I you heard it. about that movie? Did I you know, have you is? actually? Did you hear that La Yorona was coming out? So the Chupacabra, that name directly translates to goat sucker. And stories of encountering this creature are heavily focused in the Americas, though the occasional sighting uh could be attributed to the Chupacabra have also been seen in Russia and as far as the Philippines. Russia? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> 
You Russian? Yeah, oh, that Russian. I know chupa- that is. That's uh, chupacabra. You've seen chupacabra. <laughs> I've seen that chupacabra. The chupacabra. <laughs> I'm, thank you. you. Sound, we, we both sound like Kadabra, the Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is in fact a vampiric cryptid in nature, meaning it subsists on blood. Given the moniker, uh, thanks to the rash of dead livestock, whose cause of death was seemingly all the blood having been removed from their bodies. The first reported sightings of our gentle goat-sucking bloody boy were in Puerto Rico. Listen, I enjoyed writing that sentence yeah. a lot, okay? <laughs> that was a, it just flew from the fingertips. Uh, yeah. Um, started in Puerto Rico, but soon spread to Mexico, Chile, Brazil, and the U.S., with over 2,000 sightings having been recorded since 1995. But of course, with so many sightings... Countless descriptions of the creature poured forth, and unsurprisingly, they vary wildly. Now, you could take this as an imagination going wild with whatever it is these people encountered, filling the holes to make sense of whatever it was they saw in the darkness. And I will. Or we could be dealing with not one singular creature, but a whole host of different ones. Or it's more than just a single cryptid, and we've actually, instead of dealing with a species, we're dealing with separate cryptids entirely. You think like each chupacabra is like a unique creature? It could be. Like a Wendigo kind of vibe? We'll give you some descriptions here. Because they're, like I said, the descriptions are really, really varied. So Hayden Blackman, author of The Field Guide of North American Monsters, described the cryptid as, I love quote, that. I love the fact that that's a book. That's a Harry Potter book is what <laughs> yeah, that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. He said he describes it as, quote, covered in glassy matted hair and has a feral face. Its long limbs, which end in massive claws, can propel the monster across terrain at amazing speeds. But it is the creature's powerful bat-like wings that allow it to migrate huge distances. Goat suckers are deceptively small, standing just three to four feet high. Do you think that this is what Sex Machine turns into in From Dust Till Dawn? Oh, I was like, what are you talking what? about? You know, uh, Tom no. Savini with the whip. He like turns into like a fucking rat I monster they were all vampire. Supposed to be vampires. They I thought, are, but but like, you know, a chupacabra is like a, you know, it's a vampire. And he turns the way, into like spoilers for Dust Till Dawn. Uh for those of you who didn't make it past the first like 25 minutes and you're like, wait, you there are vampires in that movie? Yeah, you <laughs> fucked up if you didn't wait till the till the, till the climax the fact, of that yeah, movie. How you didn't make it past the dance scene, by wait the way. For Selma. Oh, that's a great ass scene right there. And Never the fucking band movie. is so good. Anyway, mm-hmm. anyway, hey, let's moving on. I the think that's description. I think that's what he have. turned into. Sex Machine, the guy with the dick gun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, 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 Mathis, I, I is this kinda, one of those movies you've never movie. seen? Is this, I've not we, seen it. Oh, man. Oh my it's God. such a weird movie. The two main <laughs> characters are George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, and very bizarre. And Harvey Keitel is a priest. And it is. Dude. And Cheech has three people. Okay. Okay, okay, that right. is very bizarre. Dude, anyway, the next description so of the Chupacabra so is from Such a wild movie. <laughs> Herbert Gensmer and Ulrich Gillenbrand, authors of Mysteries of the World. They go on to describe the Chupacabra as, quote, five feet tall with a pronounced lower jaw, jaw large red eyes, small nostrils, and a razor thin mouth with curved fangs. It has a rough black coat. Jagged spikes are said to grow on its back, and it looks like a dinosaur. 
What dinosaur? <laughs> I like Jesse. I like that last line is what did you win? Is that one <laughs> continuous description? Yes. Like, how All does right. that end with it looks like a dinosaur? Like, what the fuck <laughs> dinosaur looks like that? I don't know. I don't know. This it's, is in the nineties, so this is like I imagine he's thinking Jurassic Park. Probably is it what's in his mind? It's just such the distinction between the two is so a covered in glassy glassy matted hair. Feral face, long limbs, massive claw. It has giant bat wings. And then there's the <laughs> other version, which is straight up just like, yeah, you know, it's, it's five feet. It's got a tiny ass <laughs> mouth. It's got big black tiny coat ass and mouth. <laughs> I assume a razor thin mouth is its tiny ass mouth. A yeah, razor I, thin <laughs> mouth. I, I mean, aren't all our mouths razor thin when they're closed? Yeah, but I feel like his, my assumption was they all, they either had fangs. Like, I always thought of a chupacabra had like a sucker, you know? A sucker? Like a mosquito? Like yeah, a, like, a, like, a, like a, one of those not fish. Not a single instance of chupacabra in this entire episode has a sucker like on the fish, chupacabra. Like the fish that clean your fish tank? Yeah. That's like kind of where you're at I with that? I always thought of chupacabra like, you know, was sucking it through his straw. It looks mouth. like it, you know what it looks like is if you took like a a greyhound dog and just like blasted it real quick with a flamethrower. Yes, that's, that's what like, a lot of chupacabras yeah, look that's, like. That's like when you see a chupacabra, that's like kind of what it looks like. That is an app description if I've ever heard one. <laughs> that is great. Um, however, uh, it's important to note actually that these the, uh, creatures of vampiric nature are actually extremely common within Latin American folklore. And the quick rise of the Chupacabra's popularity is far from surprising once the sightings began. Hell, the history of blood and rituals dates as far back as to the Aztecs in what is now modern central Mexico, where blood sacrifices would happen in the hundreds or thousands. While the Andean people see blood and fat as crucial offerings to the sacred powers, along with the sacrifice of slaughtered creatures. Speaking of which, this is a little off topic, but I have to say this. If you have a chance on Netflix, there's a doc, there's a documentary Netflix. about on Netflix. Uh, there's a documentary about, um, I guess, like drugs in the brain is essentially oh, trying the, to remember what it's called. Is it's it like the one something with the celebrities? High. Yes, it's all these celebrities talking about. It's something getting called high. like something trip or something like that. Something but, about uh, like bad in it. Good trip or something in mm. it. Sting talks about Ooh. one time when he was in Mexico and he got really high, I think on shrooms or something. And he went up into the, no, it may have been ayahuasca. It was something. He went up in the mountains with like this tribe and, and and he like was really high staring out into the, into the wilderness. And he thought he felt rain, but they like sacrificed a goat over him. And so like blood was streaming down on him. And he was like, I was one with nature. It's the craziest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. I'm like, only sting could be the dude who's like, yeah, I went up in the mountains and we climbed this ziggurat and like they sacrificed a goat. And I'm like, the what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I, so. Case in point, I guess. Like, I feel yes. like another reason that the Chupacabra is popular, though, is that he has like gray alien with a joint energy. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he, that it's joint is his slurper. But I just mean, <laughs> the joint is his slurper. <laughs> filters it. He Do- filters the blood. Doctor, through. look out! <laughs> the joint is his slurper. Did <laughs> <laughs> you just hear a puffing sound in the background? Uh, 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 
No, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Chupacabra, it's fun to say. It rolls off the tongue. Yeah. It's you you imagine he might have a t-shirt on. Like, he has, like, the energy of, like, Snoopy's cousin. You know what I'm he's talking kinda, about? He's kind of got more in my, maybe it's because I did the, like, we did this episode. You know what? I know what's coming, but he's got more wily coyote energy to yeah. me. Yeah, like, he's dirty, dirty, sort of, like, I've been burnt <laughs> physically as well as emotionally. Jess is gone right now. Jess is absolutely gone. <laughs> I can visualize uh, the scene in the movie where the doctor's approaching the chupacabra because he thinks it's a joint. And the guy's like, Doc, the joint is a slurper. No! And it's like, <laughs> he's about to smoke it and it like goes in his face. <laughs> chupacabra's Christ. handed it to him. Like he's going to smoke like, it, but he just gets it's slurped. Like the, it's like an anglerfish, like fucking decoy. Yes, that's no it's just, oh, it would man. work. I'd reach for oh, it. Oh shit! We gotta move. Who doesn't want to smoke a joint with a chupacabra? That's what I'm saying. He just—I feel like he has that energy. I just wanted to like call that out while we're talking about would, the chupacabra. Would the chupacabra be best friends or worst enemies with the Boston Baked Bean Boy? I feel like he would just like nemesis. Like, nemesis. The Boston Baked Bean Boy. He is about stealing nugs and delivering them to people in need. Yeah, but he ain't and got no blood. Yeah, Chupacabra. Chupacabra sucks blood out of goats. <laughs> okay, all right. Just, I didn't know. Two worlds, two different worlds. A two city boy worlds. and a country boy. <laughs> well, continuing on with the idea of uh, blood and, uh, well, blood and, and sacrifice being important to the kind of cryptid lore, there's actually legend of the, and I'll butcher this, Likichiri or Carisaris, uh, depending on where you're from. All of these They're, are fun to say. These yeah, are all, these are all options time. for Chupacabra alternate names? No, these are uh, different examples of vampiric cryptids in Latin American oh, folklore. Oh, okay, I see. Uh, to give a press, uh, kind of precedent of, of these kinds of creatures. So these two creatures are actually supposed one and the same, just depending on where you're from is depending on like the li- little bit of difference on how you say it and the lore behind it. Um, but ideal, the, But overall, the creature is either a profession referred to as a profession or a cryptid from the indigenous Ayamara people of the Andes, who's believed to take fat to European nations to cure uh, all kinds of things like diseases and sicknesses. What? So this this creature takes fat and then delivers it to European nations. Hold on. Can where we they back up just for a second? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> time out. Whoa. Who's Hold believed? It's gonna get, it's, you're going to have to back up a couple more times. I'm just looking at the script and it says, who's believed to take fat. Believed to, yes. Yeah, and I'm just... I want to just unpack the process of what we're talking about here. Where is the, whose fat is it? Where is it uh, coming from? We're, oh, let's yeah. Here we I'll clear that up for you right now. Don't you worry take about a damn fat. thing. Yeah. Uh, so he would take it to European nations and <laughs> either in, in where, where the people of the European nations would cure all kinds of things with it, like diseases and sicknesses. And then barring that, the, the creature would then sell it to shady folk to be used in surgery and the development of anesthetics. So the this legend is, is specific. The legend I'm aware. is that's what the monster does. That's correct. Like he's correct. he's he's engaging in international so, commerce. Here here it is. The bizarre. <laughs> yes, he's a, he's like a black market cryptid. The bizarre the cryptid fuck? is known to slice long, thin slits from its victim's sides to remove their fat. The attack is painless and healed before the victim even knows what happened. Meanwhile, if you look at the Karasiri version, uh, it uses a needle to drain their blood and fat 
leaving behind prick marks similar to that of a vampire. I mean, if so that's if they're yeah, already trading it, they should just charge for the process. Yeah, hold on a <laughs> the, minute. The leaky cheery. Yeah, yo, call me. We can do business, bro. Painless <laughs> fat removal. Come on, so, are you call kidding me? me? Here's what I, I have a question for you before we move on. What do you think this cryptid looks like? Um, uh, a this little thing? bald man in, your in a mind, black tuxedo. A creature who steals the fat from your very person to go. Like a, I imagine, it. it looks exactly like a conquistador. Is what I would imagine. <laughs> a, a small bald man with purple skin in a black tuxedo with a mustache, like Sinestro, <laughs> and no, he. This is this like is a very. Butler, like a butler no, Sinestro. No, this is super clearly just a like a metaphor, right? It has to be. Like uh, the you, idea- Jesse is 1000% correct <laughs> because this cryptid is often referred to look like a gringo or a white person. So much so that in the 1970s and 80s, there were multiple attacks on foreigners in the area who were blamed for things happening to the villages. In 1978, for example, in the town of Chipaya, the people living there all came down with a mysterious illness that left them with small red dots on the victims' bodies. The village believed those who had gotten sick were attacked by a Karasiri, accusing a foreign man as the Karasiri, where a mob kidnapped him, tortured him, and tried learning who he was working with. The police actually had to arrest the man simply to get him out of the hands of the mob, oh my God. while his family was persecuted, ostracized, and his young kids were beaten to the point of brain damage. Whoa. What the fuck? All because they believed he was a Karasiri. Oh my what? God. Wait. Okay. I mean, that, yeah, well, yeah, what's, that's, what's, that's, what's crazy is that you're talking about the 1970s and 1980s when yeah. this seems like I was like, oh, Conquistador, because this must be a thing that was from 1536. And you're like, well, that's no. the thing, right? Like that's that. And that's what the date of tale is like. It's clear that the Katasiri and Likachiri were like n- tales and originally for like warning of like native intruding explorers or something along those sure, lines. It's definitely but, what it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. But then you fast forward and now the people kind of believe it's more mystical and then they take it to a much more violent and nefarious end. Jesus. I know. Okay. Now, this is my best. Uh, this is my favorite line of the script. You know what else causes brain damage, boys? What? Uh, what? The, the year 2020. I'll, I'll give you an amen to that, Matthew. <laughs> Go on. And you know what's important when you when the world's on fire? Taking care of your mental health. And that's why I'd like to thank today's sponsor, Talkspace. What's the, how'd you think? Segway? Pretty good segue, I'd solid. think. Solid. I think solid I'd, give it a, I'd give it an eight or nine out of ten. I think it was solid. Hey, you know what? As coming from you, I, that's that means a whole... A whole lot. The king of segways. Um, yeah, the king of segways. Actually, the king it, of segways. Isn't there like an urban legend that the king of segways drove off a cliff on his segway, but actually he's alive? I've never heard that. Was Maybe that a segway? Alex episode? I don't know. There's, a, there's. I don't know. The, never mind. Don't worry about it. That's I, I, you a, know, what? either way, I think it's. Uh, I, think I think it's fair to say I'm, that this uh, being indoors thing is kind of our new normal and has been our new normal for a while. Sure. And somebody like me who actually deals with uh, a lot of mental health issues and I, I see therapy uh, every single week, being kind of locked in for a while really made me start going crazy. And I really worried about being able to see my therapist. But luckily, things shift, and as the new normal shifts, so does uh, how our therapist and how we talk to them and reach out to them uh, ends up shifting and Talkspace is exactly that. With Talkspace, you get 24-7 access to the support you need with all therapists across a bunch of different networks and you'll get same day responses <laughs> five days a week, Monday through Friday from all the therapists or the therapists that you're speaking with. 
um, on that particular network. Now, for me, uh, you know, I just want to kind of put forward too that before we even started doing this, I was actually using Talkspace. Uh, my own personal therapist actually directed me towards it, and I've been using it now for months. Um, and I can attest that it's been great. Uh, one of the big things too is that it's super affordable. So if you're somebody who doesn't necessarily have uh, insurance, it's something you can still take a look into and uh, and see if it's if it's a right fit for you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as somebody who started seeing uh, a therapist through like online means during this like sort of time where we can't go out like it, the value of having somebody to talk to about stuff that's bothering you, that's not like invested in your life in any other way is just a super like important thing to have. Like, uh, you know, like in this time, because you don't want to, you need to be able to have somebody who you can confide in, who's not like, you know, somebody who has to like also who's affected by your feelings on things. It's super nice to just be able to have that. So I, I mean, that outside it. perspective is, is super necessary and it really, really does help. Listen, and we all need someone to talk to. Talkspace wants to give us the support we deserve at a price we can afford. Match with your perfect therapist at Talkspace.com or by downloading the Talkspace app. And don't forget to use promo code CHILL at checkout for $100 off your first month. That's $100 off your first month at Talkspace.com. Promo code CHILL. What a great promo code we got. Right? What a great yeah. promo code we got on that one. It is. It is a guy love that our promo code is CHILL. <laughs> yeah. Especially for like, like a therapy thing, like that it's CHILL. Yeah, like it's that. great. I love it. So the Kashiri and Likachi are interesting, but boys, that's not what we're here for. So let's dive <laughs> I in. I did forget, like we had gone off on a tangent there. We really did, but I, you know, again, I think it's important. Vamp- vampire like lore is like pervasive in in uh, South uh, like uh, Latin American folklore. So the chupacabra, we're going to go through a bunch of sightings, what they could possibly be, if we have an explanation, and then at the end, as always, we're going to talk about what some of the theories are, all the fun and fantastical, as well as the factual. The first one is where else but Puerto Rico by Madeline Palantino in the summer of 1995. Sometime during the second week of August, Madeline had an encounter with the chupacabra, or at least something that they were convinced was the chupacabra. Madeline and her mother lived near a rather busy street, and on the night in question, Madeline had been sleeping in her bedroom. While she slept, her mother tended to household chores, but through the window, she saw something grotesque in their yard. No taller than three feet high, smelling like sulfur, stood a creature on all fours. Its hands were human-like, with extended long fingers and nails. Its eyes were large and slanted, while its nose was entirely missing, and in its place just two dots. The skin was gray, wet, and wrinkled, with a sheen that made it look like leather. While not entirely bald, the only areas with fur appeared to be scorched or burned-looking. That whole greyhound hit with the flamethrower. I'm telling you, look up a pic, like just Google it. You'll be like, oh shit, wow. <laughs> really? You're not, not the Greyhound, Chupacabra. <laughs> right, yeah, Google Chupacabra. Don't Google Greyhound. No, no, no. Do not look that up. Why would you do that? What's wrong with you? <laughs> Upon seeing the creature, Madeline's mother shouted for Madeline to waking her up, and they rushed back to the window to watch the creature move from their yard over a fence and into an empty lot before losing sight of it. They reckoned the encounter was no more than three to five minutes. Another strange note to this encounter was the road. As I stated earlier, they lived by what they considered a busy road, but on this, while this encounter was going on, the street was entirely empty. 
the mother even looked as if uh, as if to see. Actually, the mother actually looked down to see if it had any gen- genitalia as well, but she said she saw none. And further, when Madeline described how the creature moved, she said, "quote It was skipping like a kangaroo, but it had no tail. It didn't touch the ground, but it had no wings. What? But it came out like it was running as it approached." The interviewer then asked for clarification on what she meant when she said it didn't touch the ground, but he ended up receiving no clarification. Unfortunately, without any physical evidence, there's really no way to know what the creature could have been or if it was even anything other than a mangy dog. It sounds like she was saying it was floating. No, it does sound like she's saying it was was floating. Yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like. Um, What the fuck? Yeah, weird. It's a weird one. We're now going to move forward. It looks like, a, I mean, there's a little piece of art here. It looks yeah, like. Yeah, we have a little thing here. It looks like Mr. Tumnus, but like a gray. <laughs> you know, that's kind of right. Yeah, it has like. Sonic he's the just shaking his head. Like, it's Mr. No? Tumnus, but a gray, but also it's got Sonic the Hedgehog spikes. It, <laughs> that's a lot. That's that's a lot you're putting Dude, on this. Look at the uh, fucking picture, though. Look, like that, <sighs> like that is exactly what that looks like. <laughs> um. <laughs> Before we move away from Madeline, they did claim to have a second encounter. I didn't write it down because they didn't see it. They just smelled sulfur. And she said she knew for a fact it was the Chupacabra. So, you know, take that as you will. Um, I don't know how I take that particularly, but now to the next. But the smell nevertheless coincided with the beast. Again, it's again, weirdly. The smell that kind of accompanies a lot of like aliens or other supernatural occurrences, that sulfur smell, men in black, same thing. Brimstone. Very weird. From yeah. hell. That's right. They're hell creatures. So we're going to move five years later into late August in Nicaragua is where we find ourselves our next Chupacabra encounter. Jorge Talavera was the owner of a small farm and all through August over the course of just two weeks he ended up losing 25 sheep to nocturnal attacks. 25? Yeah, over, over 14 days. So that's dude. more like, than one per day usually? Mm-hmm. When he started to look into why, he learned that his neighbor had also been having nocturnal attacks on his livestock, where he lost 35 sheep in, t- in the past two weeks, uh, two and a half weeks. So we're talking a total of 60 sheep? Yeah, it's a lot. Finally fed up with losing his life's work, Jorge set up a night watch on the evening of August 25th with his friend, hoping to catch sight of what was causing him so much trouble. So after setting up, the two uh, sat and watched for hours, and eventually their patience paid off. Jorge heard a distressed uh, call of a goat, and as soon as he looked over to the herd, uh, he saw a herd of goats that he had. He saw a couple of unknown creatures among them rearing up on their hind legs and oh. lunging to attack the goats. It's just like the skinwalkers. Oh. Yeah, a little creepy. And seeing that in the dim darkness, only moonlight illuminating it. Jorge immediately grabbed his shotgun and fired at the creatures, clearly wounding one. The animals, whatever they were, instantly backed off and ran into the woods alive. The next morning, Jorge went looking for the bodies, but found nothing. However, here's how he described what he saw that night. The creature had, quote, Yellow hair on its short tail with large eye sockets and large claws and fangs, unquote. Its skin was leathery like a bat and down its spine, it had bumpy crocodiles, uh, had a bumpy spine like a crocodile's crest. It had rose colored teeth and the head of a bull. But still upset by the lack of body being after being shot, Jorge thought that's where it would end. Except three days later, 
Jorge's ranch hand noticed circling vultures in the sky nearby and went to see what the heck they were doing so close when he stumbled upon the corpse of a very badly decomposed creature. Absolutely thrilled that his ranch hand might have found the chupacabra he had shot a few nights ago, Jorge took the body and sent it over to the National Autonomous University of Nicaragua. By that time, however, word had gotten around of Jorge's daring night adventure and was hailed as the killer of the chupacabra. Did he think that it was... Did he think that it was it? Yep, he thought it was the chupacabra. The rumors erupted with what the creature might be. Perhaps it was a freak creature that escaped the circus if it wasn't the chupacabra, or maybe a hybrid of several species. The results of an ultra-top-secret genetic engineering project. The reverend of the town believed it to be the sign of the end times. However, ultimately, the remains were identified by the university and came back as nothing more than a dog with a skin condition. Jorge took issue with that and refuses to believe it, claiming the body he sent must have gotten mixed up with another body. My question then is, if that's true, why haven't we still heard that there was like a... Another creature. Yeah, like another weird creature that was like discovered. I wonder if the skin condition was getting it all burnt off with the (laughs) flamethrower. Usually, though, it's mange. Yeah. I mean, if you look at them, like, if you look at mange and then you look, Google like chupacabra and then Google Google, like dog with mange and you'll see like, oh, I see. I see what happened here. (laughs) I see what happened here. I, I wasn't sure you were. I thought you were, sure, were going to lean in and say something. I thought you were going to be like, sure. no, the chupacabra is real, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's where Jesse no, draws I mean, the line. Uh, yeah, I think you're right on the money. So I'm going to, I got nothing to add. Yeah. Well, we you got more. Are, Don't you worry, Jesse. You guys are Jesse. doing my work for me. Look at now. You just have to, you're going to have to enjoy the facts pouring yeah, forth. Yeah, I'm having Jesse. a good time. So we're going to move forward a few years later, this time in Cuero, Texas, in mid July 2007. Phyllis Canyon had a run in with what she truly believes was the chupacabra. Like the stories prior, Phyllis was a rancher, but the loss of her livestock took a mysterious turn when 24 chickens had been killed in a very short (laughs) amount of time. During this time, she had caught sight of a strange creature lurking near her ranch and claimed that whatever was killing her livestock was not a typical predator animal because the the attack sites were bloodless and the creature never took the prey with it. So basically it was sucking their blood. I mean, yeah, I guess so. You know, like it just left a dead animal on the ground. There was no blood anywhere. That's like what they're trying to imply at the very least. Yeah, the very least. Yeah. That's what they're taught. That's what Phyllis is trying to imply. A few days later, Phyllis got a call from a neighbor and her from her neighbor and friend telling her about a strange creature lying in the road. And people had heard about her encounters and livestock problems by now. So curious as to what it could be and hoping to put a pin in her livestock issues, Phyllis drove out to see the body. Upon arriving and inspecting the creature, Phyllis then got another call while she was out there and being told that another creature had been spotted near her ranch while she was out looking at this one. So she took the roadkill with her, saving the head and body in her freezer for Sorry, a while. What? She she took the she took the she roadkill with her. She has a chupacabra. She she took the chupacabra and butchered it. Well, she just stored it in her freezer. The head and the body, though. Oh, yeah, no. the head and the body. That's all she took. So she took. She left the legs and the tail. I imagine it was like a mess on the ground, and she just kind of took what she could Fair and enough. just kind of sh- shlorped enough. it into her truck. Got it. Yep. So she put the head and the body in the freezer for a while and described it as having large ears, large fang teeth, grayish blue elephantine skin, and that it was completely hairless. With the corpse in hand, she finally had physical proof. And the explanations began to pour in. 
with the one being, uh, the one main one being that it's some sort of coyote with the case of sarcoptic mange, or that it was a <clears throat> Zolo, a Zolo Titsquintly dog. <laughs> That's that hairless Mexican dog breed that, I mean, honestly. Yeah. Was, it's like, a, it's a Zolo is a breed of dog only in Mexico. It looks, it looks very much like a chupacabra. Yeah, it's hideous as hell. And if you own one of these dogs, man, I'm sure it's wonderful. The money was worth it. To me, hideous. So Phyllis vehemently denies both of those explanations, stating even for a mange-ridden animal, it was too hairless. And the nearest Zolo was 80 miles away. Eventually, the creature was sent off for testing, and the results were aired live on TV on the Halloween of 2007. There, Dr. Michael Forstner revealed that the animal was, in fact, a coyote. And again, Phyllis was unhappy with the results. But instead of claiming conspiracy like the prior person, she took matters into her own hands. What you don't know about Phyllis is that she was a self-professed nature, naturopathic doctor, if that's a thing. So and wait, she wait, the, wait. So she just <laughs> says she's a doctor, even though she's she just asserts that she's a doctor with no credentials. Yeah, she's a she's a self-professed naturopathic doctor. You make me about to Google naturopathic doctor. <laughs> Do it up because her and a bunch of other naturopathic doctors looked at the DNA and agreed that the DNA was in no way an exact match to a coyote. Get out of here. No way. Not even a chance. You see, the technique that they used to identify the DNA for the show was mitochondrial, which could only prove who the matrilineal parent was, meaning the father could be something else entirely, which Phyllis believes to be maybe be the chupacabra. So we might be looking in her freezer as like a weird half-breed, a chupacabra slash coyote half-breed. The chupacabra's out there slutting it up with a bunch of coyotes having a great old time. Why is he up? Why is he doing that? I don't know. I have no idea. I, are you satisfied with your naturopathic doctor definition? I, I just imagine that the chupacabra is sentient. Um, I mean, kind of. Naturopathy literally just seems to be like old world medicine things. Correct. <laughs> uh, but m- more importantly, one of the things here, I can't tell if it's a real, here's my problem. I can't tell if this is a real website because I haven't had time to dig into it. But it's one <laughs> of those things where like it gives you a fact and you're like, okay, but is that a real fact or like a website fact? Yeah. So website fact. You know, you know, the internet do, sometimes is just made up BS. And so <laughs> they're saying that naturopathic physicians attend medical college where they study the same coursework as traditional medical doctors. I don't know that that's accurate, but what if you're just self-professed? <laughs> yeah. well, what if you're a self-professed naturopathic? Well, doctor? then that's totally different. Exactly. Well, she had a bunch of her friends look at it with her and Phyllis truly believing that this is what it is. Then spent a thousand dollars to have another sample tested and analyzed at the university of California Davis genetics lab. And the results were similar to the first, but with an interesting twist. Yes, the mother's side was coyote, but the father's side contained an allele that occurs in Mexican wolves, which Phyllis did end up accepting. However, not fully convinced that the father was a wolf, as that specific allele can be found in other animals as well. Phyllis claiming that perhaps it can be found in the chupacabra. 
So this was like a chupacabra, like a half chupacabra, like a yeah, half. So her body would be at at the most optimistic half breed. Or maybe right, chupacabras right, are like, you know, what happens when maybe they're like the liger of coyotes and wolves. Maybe they're not real. Who knows? Maybe they're government experiments that were accidentally unleashed from a secret. Okay. Maybe. Uh, our final Maybe encounter not. for the night, and trust me, there were so many, but these are the more interesting ones. <laughs> the, the final story for the there there were there were encounters that were like we saw one, it ate a dog, and then it left, and that's the end of the encounter. What? It's like, okay, it ate uh, a dog, it, it like attacked their pet basically and stuff like that. <laughs> okay, like, you know whatever. It ate a dog. It ate a dog. ADD. The final story for the night comes to us from Texas near Blanco in 2009, only two years after our previous story, which involved wouldn't you know it. More chickens. One night, a rancher could hear his chickens being attacked outside. Only able to catch a glimpse, to him it looked like a raccoon or some other local animal, and so he set out to lay poison out for the thing that night. It was an immediate success, yes? Alex? What? Oh, you? I thought you. I cut you off. It looked like you were going to ask a question. Oh, you looked confused. No. My bad. Okay, I was, I was just apologies. ready to find out what happened with the poison. Oh, okay. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> So the poison was an immediate success as the next morning he came across the corpse of the creature. The corpse had dark brown skin, was completely hairless except near its feet and spine, and looked canine in nature. The man reached out with, to, his, uh, to his cousin, Lynn Butler, who suggested that they take it to a local taxidermist with 20 years of experience named Jerry Ayer. Ayer immediately noted the similarities between this and the Cuero Chupacabra, and was interested in the corpse. Which one is so the Cuero after, Chupacabra? That's, that's the one we just talked one. about. The previous yeah, the one? Last one. Yeah, yeah okay. he's, he recognized it seemed similar, so he wanted it. So after some discussion, wheeling and dealing, the group agreed to give the corpse over to Ayer, and in turn, they'd get a free course on duck taxidermy. What? Hell yeah. That was <laughs> the deal. A good tra- that's a good trade. All right. <laughs> I mean, you know, you get what you pick, right? Yeah. Now, before he handed over the body, Texas A&M actually also came out and took samples of the animal. Ayer then taxidermied it and now now has it on display. There's actually pictures of it. It looks really cool, but it does look like a greyhound that's been scorched with a with a blast torch. Uh, and after Texas A&M took the the uh, the samples, nobody ever heard what the results were, and nobody ever and nobody's ever found out. Ayer personally believes it to be just like a mutant coyote. But he calls it the chupacabra because the people around his uh, around the area love it. They just like love to come see it. Yep, they love to come see it. So you love to come see it. They love to come see it. No, it's out. It's outside his taxidermy thing. It's like he posed it in a ferocious attacking pose. Like it's it's pretty neat looking. Those oh. are the the most important examples of encounters with the chupacabra. So now, oh yeah, wow, it looks dope. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it does look like just like a dog. Right. It just looks like a, a, a roughed up dog. Hairless dog. Yeah. So now we're going to talk about some explanations. And we're going to start with some of the, uh, I guess you'd call them um, weirdness of the attacks and of the animal. For instance, it's hairlessness. What could be the cause of the hairlessness? Well, as we've already talked about, a lot of the chupacabra cor- corpses are seemingly nothing but mange ridden coyotes, dogs, or a weird, rare Mexican uh, Zolo. Is that what it was called? Yeah, Zolo. People tend to kind of refute the, the mangy coyote theory because of the degree of hairlessness as seen with the canyons assertion above. Right. Uh, but it's not necessarily out of the question because a lot of the other ones have like the patches of hair. 
that are just look burnt and whatnot and aren't completely hairless like some of the others. It's so wild Mages that there's so many of them. Like with the Bigfoot, right? There's like yep. no Bigfoot. You don't ever find just like a dead fucking Bigfoot. Man, yeah. That's a bummer. <laughs> but you do find the dead chupacabras like all the damn time. <laughs> yeah, they're everywhere. Which leads me to believe like, you know, the fact that it's so common. Like, come on. Like, it's got to be just like a dog or a coyote. Uh, yeah, true. And I mean, it makes sense that we'd see a lot of these these uh, chupacabras dead on the ground as well, because uh, if they if they are only coyotes with mange and stuff, a lot of the time that the, a lot of the reason that these uh, animals die is actually because of hypothermia. Mange is caused by parasitic mites, but the cause of like all their hair loss and whatnot and the effect it has on their bodies ends up they just kind of crumple over and end up dying. So if there's a bad mange in the area, you're going to see more than one corpse over the course of a few years and the like. In the Southwest, the warmer climate can keep the creature alive long enough for almost all of the animal's fur to fall out before death occurs from other causes as well. So again, a lot of the corpses being found in the South, they're not going to die of hypothermia before all their hair falls, you know, before all their hair falls out. They're going to likely lose everything. The other big thing is bloodless crime scenes, right? Like what's going on with bloodless crime scenes? And that seems to be a telltale sign of the chupacabra because they've been sucked dry by the joint sucker that they have. But the evidence of the Chupacabra's involvement is usually not that there's no blood, but that there's just less blood. A lot of the livestock ranchers usually walk out there expecting to see a massacre, but a lot of the time just see kind of like quick spurts of blood and nothing more. It's not that there's no blood at all. And it's also important to keep in mind, canids attack by their victims by biting their throats where uh, when a coyote bites a goat, for example, it leaves two puncture marks by the neck because that's where they would bite. But all of the fatal bleeding is inside. It's all internal bleeding that's killing it, the crushing and whatnot, not a violent fight of ripping open things. So you're not going to get a lot of blood on the ground when there's a, when like an, an, a, a It just a doesn't happen normally anyway. Yeah, it's not going to be a huge mess. That's kind of the thing um, with like uh, cattle mutilations too, right? It's like a yeah. lot of the time, it's just people just don't realize what something actually looks like. In practice, yeah. you know what I mean? That's exactly it, yeah. I mean, uh, some of the, the ones that we le- I left out of these uh, things are literally uh, somebody thought that the chupacabra was a dead manta ray oh, because what? of the face and the way it was positioned and it looked like somebody might have messed with the corpse beforehand and they thought it was the chupacabra, but it was just a dead stingray. What? Know? Like, <laughs> they didn't know what it looked like. It was weird. You, where were you that you mistook a stingray for a chupacabra? When you, there's, a, there's actually a picture of it in the outline. I can get it for you, but like it just looks like it looks like somebody cut the stingray up a little bit and kind of moved parts around. But it still looks like a slimy creature. It doesn't like look like a chupacabra. It's weird. I, the, the chupacabra is such a great one because that's what I mean. He's like a vibe more than he is a specific set of traits. Like nobody's nobody's exactly clear on what a chupacabra is or what it does. Right? Yeah. Again, again, like we said at the beginning of the episode, the two separate descriptions entirely were just like, but they're both the same creature apparently. And a lot of people will come forward too, and they'll say, well, uh, their ranchers will actually go up to the to the corpse of the of their livestock and they'll poke it with a knife to prove that the blood is all gone. But again, when when you die, the blood stops, the heart stops pumping. All the blood ends up pooling to the bottom, coagulating. When you poke the top of a body, it's not going to bleed after it's been dead for a day or two. Right, exactly. Just so makes just sense. The, yeah. So just the uh, typical, like, physical, natural explanations as to where you could come across, um, or why you could come across, rather, those types of uh, evidence of quote-unquote chupacabra attacks. 
There's also obviously the longstanding history of blood-related folklore in this area of the world, as we talked about earlier. Latin American countries have a history of social cultural vampirism. White Europeans and Americans have a long tradition of invading Latin American countries, taking their natural resources, lifeblood, and leaving nothing behind. And like we talked about earlier with the first example, that's where a lot of these stories end up coming from of these vampiric creatures. They're always a metaphor or a story for something else that spins out of control and then gets a life of its own as the decades and centuries uh, end up going on. That is so fucking weird. And, but it's so cool. It I is. mean, it kind of, you look at like the Tompta, you know, we had kind of a, sim- a similar thing right, happening exactly. there where it starts as a practical thing and then it becomes something wild out of control. The Chupacabra is just still kind of in his baby, baby steps. Yeah. He's a baby, Agreed. baby cryptid still. Yep. Um, beyond that, uh, fun. There's like some fun historical facts, but, uh, as far as what they could be, what they could be in, um, fantasy or shall we call conspiracy in the world where everything it, is true in yeah. a world where everything is true. Yeah. There is a theory out there where the Chupacabra is not necessarily a cryptid as we would know them like the Sasquatch, but a man-made creature, a bunch of canines that had been experimented on and genetically messed with over the course of many years, deep in the jungles of uh, South America and broke out at one point and then ended up breeding and crossbreeding with other animals over the course of many years. And the chupacabra, as we know, it isn't necessarily the chupacabra blood sucking goat monster, but it is a genetic experiment run amok in the jungle and creating its own subspecies that we can't truly identify. But to what end? (laughs) (laughs) To what end these dogs? (laughs) Well, that's Uh, what I mean. They're like, you know, they have a plan. That's all you need to know. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, sure. It, yeah. It's a plan, absolutely. It's what like are they doing? Making, making an army of dogs like that talking Nazi dog or whatever the hell? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, also, uh, did you know that the descriptions of Talinto's Chupacabra, what we talked about earlier, Jorge, um, and the images of Sill from Species are strikingly familiar, similar? And the timing between the sighting, August 95 and the release of the film, July 95, can't be a coincidence. The purported theory for the Puerto Rican chupacabra and sill are even remarkably similar top secret u.s government genetics experiments gone wrong another connection wait so wait 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 wait. time out time out time out pause so what you just said is that a movie released in july yeah this guy saw it in august correct and the one in puerto rico was afterwards as well but the theory is that there's Genetics, no, genetics no, no, no. Uh, things. No, no, no. It, the, 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 uh, I'm, I'm, me, I word, I, like, I word bad. Out. Me word bad. Me word bad. Uh-huh. It's more debunking it, saying that the theory for the Puerto Rican chupacabra are remarkably similar to the plot of species. That, uh, all right, all right, all right. That's where I'm like, yeah, that sounds accurate. <laughs> so Those species came out, and then the first sighting happened, and there was right. a lot of similarities. Yeah, I mean, honestly, know, looking at this, it does look kiss like a chupacabra. The, yes, yeah, don't, don't kiss a chupacabra. Kiss, a little sucky. That's a little sucky. You know what kiss. was even yeah. worse than species was in Transformers, like two or three. There's like a girl who's like a Decepticon robot. Yeah. God, it's so fucking not. weird. It's like her tongue is like the only organic part of her body. It's fucking weird, dude. For whatever the reason, Calentino or Jorge fully. I'm just moving on. I'm fine. <laughs> moving right along. Yeah, moving right along. For whatever reason, Jorge still believes that what he saw is real. Whether he believes the species movie he saw is 
like dramatized based on real events or he believes that it was real events is is really unknown but he sticks to to the fact that that he what he saw is what he saw and that is true so he's like i saw the creature from some from species but it's real but it's real but it must have been a dramatization of actual events the the movie is a dramatization of real life yeah he's trying to like get the truth out the movie's trying to get the truth out about that the reason that it looks similar is because the people who are making the movie species are Trying so the to- scene of a dude kissing species <laughs> in a hot tub Listen, and then it goes to the back of his head theories is really, is really hard. based on a true story. Gotcha. No, I get it. Yeah, it's I based get on, it. A, on a true story. I get it's it. based on a true story. Understood. Um, but uh, I'm more inclined to believe all of the other more realistic stuff. But that is the end of the Chupacabra, ladies and gentlemen. Chupacabra, real, real creature or fake creature? Final oh, answer. completely F- fake. Final answer. Uh, well, I think it's real in that it's these are all actual weird animals that they're seeing, whether they're mange dogs or they're some sort of bizarre subspecies of canine that nobody really seen before or whatnot. But it's not a it's not a like blood sucking cryptid. There, there is no yeah. chupacabra blood sucking cryptid. Well, that's because what we're talking ones. about is not the one with the slurpy bit. No, <laughs> no, no. We're not the one with the slurpy that's bit. That's the real More chupacabra. Real the real chupacabra has a straw mouth. Look out, dog. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid it's so stupid uh, oh that's another classic cryptid <laughs> in the book boys we still got so many more to do the sasquatch has to get done eventually nessie needs to get done eventually though nessie is not really an episode worthy. that's what i'm saying think. like chupacabra is one of those ones like i typically am like you know with a lot of things that people like to poo poo i'm always like well you know something probably happened because they're all saying they're all describing something but with the case of the chupacabra it feels like I'm like, it's probably a dog with mange. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jesse, are you the only dissenting one? You believe it's an actual Krypton? What? <laughs> exactly. Thank you all so much for listening. <laughs> We've got to go record the next chill mini for our lovely patrons over at patreon.com slash Illuminati pod. Thank you for your support over there. We love you very much. You can find a tweet out all of us doing our normal thing over on Twitter. I'm at Mathis Games. Alex is at Faciane A. Jesse's at Jesse Cox. The show is at Illuminati pod. And you can do the same thing over at Reddit where there's so many stories. There's so the Halloween episodes coming up. So get your stories in. Yeah. That's what we hyped. need them for. Get hype, get them in there. Uh, and uh, if you've got stuff that you don't want to make public, but want to send us our way, wink, wink, hint, hint, military insiders, send us emails over at Illuminati at gmail.com. It's always a good time to see when we've got people on the inside getting us the truth when the world tries to hide it all. We'll see you next week, everybody. Goodbye. Peace. Bye. Anyway, me and my wife were sitting outside indulging on our porch one night, enjoying ourselves. I needed to go to the bathroom, so I stepped back inside, and after a few moments, I hear my wife go, Holy shit, get out here. So I quickly dash back outside, and she's looking up at the sky in awe. I look up too, and there's a perfect line of dozen lights traveling across the sky.